Highways Voices, the podcast of Highways News, your one-stop destination for all the news about the highways and transport technology industries and our must-read daily newsletter. Highways Voices time again. This is Paul Hutton with Adrian Tatum with another conversation about leadership. I think there's something in all of us that creates the desire to, to sort of help grow a team and grow and support a business. Entrepreneurialism, a bit of thinking outside the box is always important. The CEO of SRL Traffic is our guest today, giving his thoughts about leading a team. And the next half hour will be a stimulating, refreshing listen on Highways Voices. Highways Voices, the podcast from highwaysnews.com. So it's pretty much the Adrian Tatum show this week as he interviews Richard Treadwin of SRL for today's podcast. And he has Adrian's accolade and he's here now with his take on the week's news. Hi, Adrian. Hi, Paul. This week, the preferred option for the M5 Junction 10 upgrade has been announced by Gloucestershire County Council. Gaist has won a place on the renewed RAMS framework. The government's transport decarbonisation plan is set to be delayed because it lacks ambition, according to Transport Minister Rachel McLean. And a new smart ticket has been launched for travel across the northeast, where people can use one ticket to travel anywhere across the seven local authorities in the northeast. Alongside that, Highways England has also won approval for its M2 Junction 5 stock interchange upgrade plans. Also on our site this week, tragedy involving an e-scooter with the death of a 20-year-old man in Wolverhampton featured on our pages, further bringing the safety of these devices into question. A couple of stories from last week you may have missed but shouldn't have done. Aimsun's air quality modelling project shows how the right traffic management solution can significantly reduce emissions. And another great emissions story from the Manchester area, where a Glosser trial shows dramatic environmental benefits. Those plus good news from our friends at JCT ahead of their in-person symposium in September, all featured here on the Highways News website, your home of your daily briefing of all the news you need to know in the highways and transport industries. Highways Voices with Paul Hutton and Adrian Tatum. We had some really positive feedback from last week's Highways Voices interview with Nick Lanigan, MD of Clearview Intelligence, about leadership. So we thought we'd have another take on the subject this week by talking to another of our industry's leaders. Richard Treadwin is CEO of SRL Traffic Systems and Adrian caught up with him to talk leadership and started by asking him what makes a good leader. First thing, I think you have to have a bit of entrepreneurial spirit. I think there's something in all of us that creates the desire to to sort of help grow a team and grow and support a business. Entrepreneurialism, a bit of thinking outside the box is always important. You've got to be confident in, in what you do, take risks where needed, stand behind the decisions that you and your team make, whether those are the right decisions at the time or the wrong decisions always get proven later, but be willing to take responsibility for for the losses as well as your wins so you know not we can't make the right decision every single time we just have to do and and do the best we can in in certain situations and i think always in whatever decision you're doing is is don't always look at the short-term actions or responses try and look more at the long term and the medium term and and write down the actions monitor yourself against them. If you've taken a wrong decision or in an appropriate decision, reflect on it and change course. That's the best way to learn. And it's been the the thing I've set uh, myself uh, in all aspects of my decisions and management. And you talk about risk there, Richard. How, how do you evaluate risk and when to take risk and, and not 
to take risk. You know, pr- practically every week we face decisions around risk and profiles. In the industry that we work in, we have, you know, now I've got 180 staff working, of which 170 are deployed out on the road on a daily basis with huge volumes of, of traffic and transport, etc. So we're very aware of what our staff are doing day in, day out, and anything that we can do that makes their jobs easier, their lives safer, that's really important. So I guess we are in an industry that operates within a, a risky environment by its very nature. What we try and do is just reflect on the services and support we can give to our team and things that can make their job easier, better, safer. At the top level, the main board level, we take, you know, sort of investment risk decisions. So, you know, there's lots of new products, there's lots of new ideas, there's lots of new innovation. And it's just picking the ones that you think are going to work to go to the board and, and apply for the capital that's needed. Our businesses are very capital intensive and therefore that sort of risk and reward strategy is really important. And uh, you're investing for the long term, not for the short term. So, you know, we've created um, a new market for variable meshing signs, um, portable CCTV this year. We see it as a massive growth here for our business, but it was a large and significant capital investment decision that was made and uh, the board supported it. So so I guess we've got people risk and we've got investment risk. And that's the two things that, that happen in my world every day. And when you um, first came into SRL, obviously it was a result of a management buyout. What, what attracted you to becoming a leader within a business like SRL? Yeah, so it's a, it's a fair question. So I knew the three founders of the business for two or three years before. They had been looking at uh, various options for the business, having founded and grown the business to, I think they took it to about 17 million turnover and we're, we're 32 million today. And the key thing with the three investors and founders, they went to uh, school together. They'd known each other for an awful long time. There's a very strong bond between them and they wanted to do the right thing by the business. They were very keen for the management team that had been longstanding within the business to try and take it to the next level and to take it forward. So really, they brought me in to, to try and look at different options to, to crystallize their positions, to crystallize their capital, and, and importantly for them and for the management team to have a security and uh, the ability to grow for future generations. So I was brought in really to, to, to look at the structuring, to look at a way forward, to see where the business was, and then just to, with previous involvement with private equity, to provide that foundation and structure to enable the management team um, to take it forward to the to the next stage, which is exactly what we've done for amazing now nearly two years. I can't quite believe where it's gone. What did it take for you to get to that from that seventeen million to that thirty-two? What what kind of leadership and what kind of development strategy did you put in place to enable that growth so quickly? We developed a plan that basically said, we believe there is demand in the market for our products. We were always very confident we had a, a market leading a suite of products. We had a number of depots that we could deploy and support our traffic management customers throughout the UK and the Republic of Ireland. So we developed a strategy that said that we wanted to continue the innovation with our products and our suite of products, ensure that more of the products were available to the market. Therefore, that 
increase the growth potential of the business. So, for example, um, we inherited a business that was manufacturing circa 100 traffic lights per month. And uh, by the end of uh, month six, the management balance, we'd increase that production to 400 to 500 traffic lights and pedestrian systems per month. So effectively what we did is we not only were helping the market to grow, but we were supporting the growth of our traffic management businesses who are our customers that we work very, very closely with. We also looked at the other products that we had in the market. We could see the route forward, as I said, with variable messaging signs. And uh, we now have over 400 of those in the marketplace. Uh, portable CTTV is a very nascent early stage investment for us, but we do see at road closures and diversions the need and necessity now for, for portable CTTV solutions to really add protection to, to the workers out on the road um, at any point in time, particularly in road closures and other areas as well. So, so we had a strategy that looked at you know uh, additional products in the manufacturing stage to expand the market and to support the demand. We looked at product offerings and product suites, and we've developed the VMS and CCTV. We've also expanded our Urban 64 semi-permanent, intelligent semi-permanent solution, again, to support the growth within local authorities and how they are upgrading any sort of permanent infrastructure or changing the permanent infrastructure. So it's really that combination that, that has facilitated the growth. Continue to invest in new depots. Um, new depots take us into new areas. So we're shortly opening depot number 30. So that's probably 10 new depots that have been put onto the business in the last X number of years. The new depot will be in Bodmin in Cornwall. And we're very excited about that, given that we really only used to serve as far down as Exeter. And then it was a long trip down further. So this opens up a whole new market, new opportunities, new expansion for a whole suite of products. And you mentioned safety quite a few times already, Richard. Obviously, that's that's vital. You, like you said, you've got 170 guys working next to live traffic at any one time. Your customers are working next to live traffic at any one time. How, how do we show better leadership and help foster more public understanding around road worker safety? Yeah, so I think it's um, it, it's something that's becoming ever more important. You're absolutely right with 170 people now in the business out on the road on a daily basis. You know, we have an absolute responsibility to ensure that they are supported and looked after and their well-being is, is fundamental to that. We've put in you know, new innovation in terms of the vehicles that we are delivering our service from. So we've moved from the sort of traditional drop side transits into the low floor vehicles. Those low floor vehicles allow them to wheel on and off the equipment in a much safer and a more user-friendly uh, position. That's that's absolutely critical for um, you know, not causing you know great burdens to, to people and, and lifting high things onto uh, drop-side transits. The move from drop-side transits into, into low floors has absolutely been critical to our business. And again, these are specialist vehicles. We're looking at ensuring the safety of our people throughout the depots through increased training and improved health and safety awareness. We're just launching within the business a intranet that will communicate directly any updates, health and safety, any notices directly to the tablets. In all the vehicles now, we have introduced a Samsara camera and tracker. So this basically now is a live tracker, both in cab and forward facing camera that again, you know, monitors every movement uh, of the vehicle and helps the driver if they are going too fast if they are not aware, if they are reaching down for for anything, some food, some water. 
And that's been really, really important to one, ensure that you know, fatigue is being monitored of our employees, but also that um, we can uh, actually monitor any incidents that happen and report uh, and have evidence uh, of it either being our fault or indeed a, a third parties. So th- those steps are really fundamental to the investment strategy that we've made. So it's a combination of vehicles, camera solutions, AI recognition of the employees in, in cab, and, and we'll just continue to develop along those lines. But it's been a major leap forward within the last 18 months in our, in our business. We're seeing more the need to notify and inform the public of, of what is going on. The challenge that we always have is that, um, you know, roadworks and traffic management, and, and as you will know, Adrian, is a tremendously reactionary industry. Things are always left to the very last minute or we're dealing with emergency situations. So in some cases, it's always very, very hard to keep everybody up to speed, even though planned roadworks, as you know, you will have to apply for a permit out on the road for a defined period of time for a defined period of works. One of the things that we are looking at is notice boards at roadworks or temporary roadworks, which will go on for longer, which will inform the public much more of the length of those roadworks, why they are happening. And actually, I'm seeing more and more now of an interactive solution where should someone, for example, be affected by roadworks, there's a button on a display board or a screen that can be pressed, which will go live through to the traffic management company to tell them, you know, there is an incident or there's a problem or they can't access their driveway. So I think for the future, what you will see is a lot more of these sort of interactive signs, for want of a better word, that will facilitate better communication with members of the public. I think it's that ability to speak to a person is still very critical in everything that we do. And um, I'm sure, and it's something that we're starting to look at more and more now, that if roadworks are going to go on for a a more sustained period of time, can we come up with a a better solution? Can we better tell the public? Can we better inform the public of of what is going on and uh, the length of the likely works? And if a driveway is impacted or a road closure means they can't access a certain area, they can interact through a structure outside of the main works and then a traffic management operative can be deployed in a relatively short time to to come and supervise or to assist uh, as required. Now, being a good manager of people is vital for any business, any leader in any business. But what makes a good manager of people? What I've learned now, I've been director now for just over 20, 25 years and, and running a variety of businesses, is you've got to have the ability to encourage, empower people and have empathy. Our industry traditionally can be known as a bit of a control and command style. And uh, I think there's been lots of people who've been involved in our industry for many years, and it's critical to learn from them, learn from their understanding, learn from how they have developed. We have to reward for the hard work that they they put in. We have to invest in skills and training. We now have five dedicated trainers that that go around the country, ensuring that every new starter has to go through the training matrices. And that's really important to us. And I think the other thing is we've started to do more and more, again, through uh, social media, you know, working more closely with uh, Fig Creative and indeed our, our website providers, Prime Creative, 
what we're starting to do is to to praise and to bring out the and recognize the achievements of our staff. So we started with a spotlight on employees across the business from traffic management operatives right the way through to the senior team to to just spotlight 10 or 12 people and and you know what they think of SRL what they think we can do better, what they're proud of. And that's been really, really important to us. So we call it our spotlight series on employees to, to try and bring out the best of them. And what that's also done, it, it's made people aware in the business of what everybody in, in different areas are, are actually doing on a daily basis. The other thing that we've done within SRL is we try and reward not just through monetary things. Of course, money is extremely important, but we have brought now 30 people in the business into the equity and ownership of SRL. And you know that's been a fantastically rewarding thing for me to see. But actually what you then see is that that commitment ownership passes right the way through the chain. And it's been fantastic to see the results that have been have come from that and how people are changing their views on every little cost that we incur or things that we can do better, things that we can interact with our customers uh, in, in a more timely and efficient manner. So that's probably the thing that I've, I've been proudest of within SRL. And by encouraging and empowering people and supporting people and rewarding through, whether it's through you know pay rises, whether it's through bonuses, but, but actually in the difference given we are private equity about the ability to provide them with equity and ownership, which is not always easy in a privately run company, it um, starts to differentiate us. And it also creates that platform for the future. It creates that ability for them to know that they are part of the ownership, they are part of the foundation, and actually they, they are part of the future and, and their views are very much uh, taken into account as we look at different avenues and areas. Now, the pandemic has had an effect on every business, I think. We were lucky in this industry that work continued pretty much throughout. But, but how did you guide the team through, through the pandemic and what were the plans that you had to put in place? The, the pandemic has probably been, in terms of our lifetimes, probably been the biggest thing that we've ever had to deal with. I've been through the banking crisis and recessions before, but this is something unique. Uh, it's unique in that it, it affected people and people are absolutely critical to everything that we we do. So we developed very quickly a strategy of what I call do the right thing. And it was a threefold plan sort of to look at, you know, uh, early stage response to the pandemic, a, a mid plan, and then trying to safeguard for the future. And central to all our plans that we had was to critically safeguard our employees and our customers' health. And again, it comes back to, to doing the right thing. We were very quickly to adopt um, remote working and provide uh, PPE to our 30 or 29 depots at the time. And we carefully monitored at a central level through our health and safety manager at every potential case. In, in total, over the last 12 months, we have tracked 137 potential cases throughout the business. And we only had, uh, fortunately, six actual confirmed cases of COVID. So I think critical to us was um, we set up a daily uh, communication. I led uh, a group of seven, which was all the board and our health and safety manager. And through that, we communicated everything back to our, our employees. That was absolutely critical to ensure that everybody knew what to do, how to work, how to work safely, how to ensure that our customers were also safe. We created many bubbles in every depot. We move equipment all over the country to ensure that we have the right equipment and the right levels. 
but we've tried to say when people were meeting, they would meet remotely. The equipment would be wiped down and sanitized before being handed over and the time of handed over. We try to ensure the minimum numbers going into depots. Um, certainly, we stopped any third parties going into the, into the depots. And really, it's that provision of clear, concise communication uh, with all stakeholders, both through the customer chain, the supply chain, and indeed to our, our external backers was absolutely critical. And the thing that we found really is that uh, operating on a national basis, um, England, Wales, uh, Ireland and Scotland is that actually there were different messages within the the different regions, the different country, the different counties. So we had to be very clear and very precise and learned very quickly that some of the messaging that we thought was right for all was not necessarily the case. So a lot of work was done behind the scenes to ensure that messaging was led from the board. And indeed, I, I did a number of messages and talks with uh, senior people to ensure that we were taking it extremely seriously. The do the right thing became our mantra um, throughout the pandemic. We were, as you say, extremely lucky that our industry, we were treated as key workers and therefore could keep everything going. Because in the early days, we weren't even sure whether that was going to be allowed. So lots of thought went into it. And as with everybody else in the country and indeed the world, the pandemic has left its mark on all of us. Do the right thing, clear messaging, keep the communication going. Even if you're repeating stuff that, that people seem to know, it was really important that we controlled the messaging centrally and uh, it, it's worked so far. My opinion is that good leadership isn't just what you do internally, but it's what you do externally. How have you shown good leadership in the communities you work in the wider highway sector? Yeah, so uh, again, this is a good, good question. So probably I, I'd like to try and answer it in, in sort of two ways, if that's okay. So if you take the sort of the wider industry, SRL had, had really operated a little bit uh, in, in a silo and hadn't necessarily engaged and communicated all the good things that we were doing. We weren't really part of the main trade bodies and one of the big things that I wanted to do was to reach out to the wider industry and to learn from the wider industry and, and also to, to have seats at the table so that we could be at the forefront of, of any changes and, and be part of, of, of that thought process. So we've joined the, the trade bodies, ARTSM and Topaz, joined ITS UK. We've got two seats now on the, the executive panel. We've joined LCRIG, which obviously is the, the voice of, of, of local authorities and, and other people in our industries. So really, I wanted to try and reach out and say, look, we, we want to be heard. We, we want to have an opinion. We want to listen to what's going on. We want to understand where the industry is going and, and try and help influence it as well. So, so that reaching out to our, our fellows, our competitors, our customers, and our trade bodies and representatives was really important. And it was a real step change, probably created a few sort of uh, surprises and raised, raised eyebrows. As part of that, to even get to that stage, we had to commit to uh, ISO, uh, registrations. So we've gone through all the ISO 14,001, 9,001, 45,001. I'm particularly keen to, to look at the, the RESG credentials and environmental sustainability programs and how better we can improve these and develop these over time. So committing to the ISO registrations, reaching out to our fellows in the industry, our competitors in the industry and our, and our fellow trade bodies has been really, really important. I think the next thing really is that the the communities is, you know, we've done a number of um, CSR initiatives now to try and help educate 
um, people in schools and colleges about what we do out on on the roads. We introduced a, a traffic light spotter competition or, or design a traffic light or design a VMS or an Urban 64 unit. The objective really was to mirror um, central government where people were looking at different ways of, of taking their children to school. And we wanted to help and be part of the education of children in, in road safety. So we've, we've given now grants of, of £24,000, um, £2,000 across 12 schools in, in England, Wales, Scotland and Ireland to finance road safety, traffic safety, cycling safety equipment. And that's been really fun to do. Uh, very rewarding again uh, in terms of you know the numerous entries that we received and the variety of entries. So we're trying to do more on, on CSR, and that's a, a big part of it. We're trying to uh, think about environmental sustainability. Again, that's really critical. And we're trying to develop our employees to, to really achieve their full potential at work, as, as well as sort of growing our business. We've increased the number of employees now from 110 to 180, and it's a really important part for us. And the great thing is with the products that we do, a lot of the, the components for those products are actually manufactured in the UK using sort of local people, local businesses to support our business as well. So, you know, being able to sort of develop our employees and support jobs in the community is really important. And I think the, the thing that I'm most excited about in our industry is sort of the research and development side and how we can move the industry forward. We're doing a, presenting a paper which is sort of looking at the, the gap between permanent infrastructure and temporary infrastructure now. So it's called narrowing the divide. So it's looking how the permanent infrastructure is going to come closer to the temporary and portable infrastructure over time, particularly as you know driverless cars start coming in, whilst there's lots of work being done in the in the permanent side and, and how they will interact with permanent traffic lights we've got to do the same on the temporary side and it's something that's really really interesting so that whole r&d piece and and how we can develop industry first narrow the divide to the permanent infrastructure and really promote efficiency and safety on the road network is absolutely critical to to everything we do so in, in the last two to three years we've launched portable cctv which has sort of 360 degree monitoring we've got the urban 64 product now which is a temporary traffic light solution but has the same technology as permanent solutions we've launched uh, our ads detector which is our adapt adaptive detection system which is the first multi-phase detection system for portable units and we've just also launched the first wave and wait which is the first contactless mobile pedestrian system so there's lots going on there's lots of innovation in it and that's really important to how we connect with our, our wider industries and and our communities richard treadwin ceo of srl traffic systems talking leadership this week on highways voices highways voices the podcast from highwaysnews.com highwaysnews.com so time's nearly up but we still have one more thing to do which is to tip our hat to someone who's done something amazing in the field of highways or transport technology it's this week's adrian's accolade so who's your accolade this week Adrian? Well, a slightly different one this week. Transport professionals have um, really been through it the last year with the pandemic. Some of them have been furloughed, some of them have been replaced, sadly. Others have carried on working through the pandemic to look after the travelling public. So this week's accolade goes to technology company PeopleSafe, who have developed a new app to turn smartphones into personal safety devices. So this provides live round-the-clock assistance for logistic and road transports professionals traveling to and from their place of work. It includes an SOS alarm that immediately 
connects users to a team of trained specialists offering 24-7 support. So with safety in mind and with the job that transport professionals do up and down the country, that's why it's my accolade this week. So well done to People Safe for winning Adrian's accolade this week. And that's it for this week's Highways Voices. Thanks to Richard Treadwin for his time and for your time for listening. Thanks to Adrian for doing most of the work to be honest don't forget to subscribe and tell your friends and colleagues about us and we'll talk next week about international challenges in transport with the ceo of a global enforcement leader we'll talk then highways voices join us again next week for more insights from those that matter in the industry 